I'm, I'm really speaking about all of humanity, you know, without exception of anybody, you know. And I, I know that um, a lot of the content in the songs is very heavy, you know, but uh, see, fantasy is what people want, but reality is what they need. And I've just retired from the fantasy part because I realized that. Uh, What you gonna do, what you gonna do? Survival of the big test of the train for keep up. What you gonna do, what you gonna do? We are all destined for greatness, but we must wake up. The faith won't fail you. So you have to hold it strong in this year, I'm a kitty Whoever you pray to, you will come for overstand the power greater than a man. If you're willing and able, get up and take a stand. No demanding truth and rights, no. I say, the fiction and fable have the world unstable. Throw your cards on the table. Take a chance. Don't you worry. With a will, there's a way. Let your struggle be a glory. Take a stand. Stand up for your rights. Rise up, my people. Stop the fussing and fighting. Wake up, my people. We got work to do. Remember, people, to yourself.
Yes, but we must wake up Wake up my people Just visions, surrender ego to mingle with the divine And please wipe your feet before you enter my mind I'm barefoot, sitting in the lotus Focus on my kundalini, have you taken notice? Thinking I need stress, I think that it's needless And speaking of weed less, I'm learning to need less And over drama, the Dalai Mama in Nirvana Flirting with the flora and I'm floating with the fauna Sailing the sweet towel, we be in the now They say they wanna find the art of chill, I'm teaching them how It's on Cause I've been on my let it glow Metaphysical flow, entering the indigo And now it seems that life is but a dream And the fourth of our reality is leaking at the seams But it's lucid, I take my noose in I feel it loose and now we cruising And on a truth that I be inducing Naked activated from the root up to the crown It's amazing in the void until you come back down But if I can't keep calm, I just keep on So songs to get my reap on and just breathe on And be the queen of the renaissance Mother of the new era Such my tiara, get free and recognize that Today, a young man realized that all matter is merely energy condensed to a slow vibration. That we are all one consciousness experiencing itself subjectively. There is no such thing as death. Life is only a dream. I think we'd have peace for an entire generation Set the times ablaze, we'd do it in waves And be brave like ancestors on slave ships for days Stomach churning cause the world is burning And we inhaling a second hand, but I got a second plan Carry the camaraderie to continents We don't need religion cause we got our consciousness And I ain't just an optimist New earth is coming, ain't no stopping this Say goodbye to bye, consume, die All my realized beings will spread wings and fly Fly that we are all one consciousness experiencing itself. Introducing the one that's so broad you can't match it The stash under the mattress, the secret, the destroyer of ratchet The one they tuck away and try to hide The one spitting that fire, the one with the presence you can't deny Deniable collaboration, queen biz, suitable to run entire nations But y'all keep having the same old conversations Like we're real MCs, huh, a cool with Dean Why stop playing? Now who are you saying is ill, ain't real Pushing babies to kill, anything for a deal These record execs do anything for a feel That's why we see so many perpetrators, no skills, not here Or 
rooted in your conscience with every breath that I measure. Every verse that get fresher, every bar like a bar, even pressure's hard every seven. Sorry they never told you, but I bleed sixteens. I believe this thing will be reborn from out this league of queens. Eager to hurt your feelings, cause I'm a bully with verb. Encourage best to your efforts so I can murder your words. Your perjuries and contempt in this institution of music. Using you as my muse to improve this beautiful movement. Spit from my soul so the whole planet can feel it. It's rock, D, Y, and I root a goddess squad in the building. Exaltations and greetings to those who liberate themselves. Welcome 
to Woman Wednesday. I'm your host, Mariama Tanay. Blessings, greetings, and love to all within the listening ear. Tonight's theme is the law of challenge. The law of challenge. We're going to start off in the praise up as there is nothing new under the sun that the Most High has not already revealed, starting off with 1 John 4.18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment, he that feareth is not made in perfect love. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Philippians 4.6 Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Mark 12.30 And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Second Chronicles 2017 Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow, of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 1 Peter 5.10 But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that, 
ye have suffered a while. Make you perfect. Establish. Strengthen. Settle you. 2 Corinthians 4.8-4.9 We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. 1 Peter 2.9 But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. 1 Corinthians 10.13 There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. And James 1, 2 to 1, 4. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. In Yeshua's name, we're going to take a music moment and come back with tonight's theme, the law of challenge, blessings and grace.
Just the splendor of the sunshine gets me up to go. I wake up and hear the song the birds are singing, how it moves me so. Yeah, people moving, people grooving to the rhythm in their special way. Then you feel it in the promise of the morning. I just wanna be free. He said, I just 
all that we see, hear, or believe. Our aim is to discern what is right for us and challenge what we feel is not right for us. We have the right to ask of another his or her intent, their identity, and whatever pertinent information we feel we require when encountering someone or something new. You are here on earth on a spiritual quest. In this plane of duality, there is darkness and light, negative and positive. For everything in the light, there is its counterpart in the dark. Your task is to discern between good and bad, challenge if in doubt, and make your light so strong that the darkness cannot affect you. Usually, your own powers of discernment will tell you if something or someone is good or bad, if in doubt, challenge, always. Awake and aware ones, the law of challenge is simply First John 4.1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. And some believe that you are to challenge that energy three times in the name of the Most High. And it must reveal its true identity or it must disappear. When the spiritual self illuminates, there is always an awakening that is accompanied by a series of psychic faculties that can become very important in some people. When a person turns on his light, spiritual, his spiritual light, as time goes by, it will be more intense. It looks more and can be seen by more. Our job really is to discern between good and evil, make our light stronger, to strengthen us every day more. And when the time comes, darkness will stop affecting us. Only the beings that are a fraud bother you to challenge them. The high beings who come to you to work with you are continually happy if you challenge them since you are showing them that you are a mega responsible person. To these beings, always tell them their purpose to approach you and your world. And if you're not clear about their message, protect yourself very well and watch with the utmost care. There are many levels of light from the mocking spirits to the great masters. This light will always protect you and will challenge all those who wish to enter your space. The spiritual law of challenge is a spiritual law put into place for our own protection as human beings. The spiritual law of challenge 
involves, activates, and works with the spiritual law of discernment and the spiritual law of responsibility. It's our personal responsibility as humans to use our discernment when making choices and decisions. This is in accordance with our free will and encourages the soul's growth. As I stated earlier, the law of challenge involves the law of discrimination and discernment. The more evolved our souls are, the more we are expected to discriminate and discern. And of course, we are tested by the universe in this aspect throughout our lifetime. If you are given guidance, told something by someone, meet a new person, or are offered a job, check internally to see whether or not it feels right to you. When we work with the forces of the universe, we must always use discrimination and discernment. If any impressions or feelings do not feel right to you, then it's up to you to listen to your intuition, be discerning, then make the right choice. Our intuition or gut feelings tell us whether someone is being honest or not. We often disregard this because our logical mind argues against it or because we do not want to believe it. We override and disregard our intuition. If we are not discerning, we will bear the resultant karma. It's our responsibility to be discerning in our lives. The law of challenge also includes the law of responsibility. Responsibility is the ability to respond appropriately to a person or situation. Challenges are sent by the universe to gauge or check how you respond to each situation. Successive tests prepare you for a so-called spiritual promotion. It's up to you to prove that you can handle responsibility. Before promotion, you must pass the test. If you rise to all challenges with integrity, your spiritual progress will be enhanced. Everything and everyone you are given to look after is a responsibility. If you do not respond to the challenge, then it will be taken away from you. Then represented at a different time. You have a responsibility to everything in your life. Take note of how you look after yourself, your children, your home and garden, your pets and possessions. You have a responsibility to care for them. You cannot take on great responsibility in life if you do not take care of your own needs. Your emotions and spirit need to be looked after. You must look after and nurture your physical body and take care of your emotional state. Every single individual is responsible for his own feelings and their own destiny. And you do not have the right to carry someone else's burdens for them as this would prevent their personal growth.
when we take responsibility for someone else's decisions, we do not serve their highest growth or good. Your responsibility is to empower and strengthen others and encourage them to carry their own responsibility. Most of us project our own feelings onto others. If you cannot tell someone about a situation or how you feel in case they feel hurt, jealous, angry, depressed, or jealous, you are taking responsibility for their feelings and are doing them an injustice. When we speak honestly about our own feelings, we take responsibility for ourselves. And in doing so, we release the other person as well as ourselves. When we understand the law of responsibility, we no longer blame anybody else or project our feelings onto others. True responsibility is the ability to respond to the needs of all around you, to flowers, trees, animals, humans, and the planet. An evolved being responds graciously to every living creature in the universe. It isn't what happens to us that counts. It's how we react to it. Now within the law of challenge, all the challenging situations and energies and essences that you will come across, be open to the magnificent. Learn what you are here to learn. Be present for yourself and others. And bring passion to all that you do. Give love abundantly. Revere life. Embrace connection. Those things are important. The law of challenge is about acquiring spiritual strength. And like all other spiritual powers, strength does not work well independently. In such cases, there would be a tendency to exercise strength exclusively in the physical realm, independent of a spiritual context. This would be more like force than true power. Spiritual strength works in concert with the other 11 powers as a supporting power. For example, it was the power of zeal or desire that gives us the intuitive impulse to go forward. But it is the power of strength that provides the fuel or creative energy needed to persevere and endure over the long term. Strength is the essential fuel that fires the body, mind, and spirit to be steadfastly diligent and persevering in the development of our spiritual consciousness and the manifestation of our creative dreams. It provides support in overcoming the inevitable resistance we encounter when we are moving towards the realization of our highest good, among other things. Sheer desire or passion will get us moving to begin with, but with the supportive power of strength, our energies will burn out, especially in the face of adversity or longer-term challenges. Inside every man, woman, and child on the planet, there are a multitude of potential versions of themselves they will manifest over the course of their lifetimes. It is rather mental and spiritual strength 
that is required. Like all things under the sun, all manifestations of strength originate in spirit as a divine idea sourced in the realm of divine mind. It is our thoughts, feelings, words, and actions spiritually expressed that determine the outcomes of our demonstrations, expressions, and manifestations of our potentials. As Fillmore writes, we grow to be like that which we idealize, affirming or naming a mighty spiritual principle identifies the mind with that principle. Then all that the principle stands for in the realm of ideas is poured out upon the one who affirms. Once liberated from the limitations of mere physical strength, we really begin to claim the creative power of spiritual strength. Our lives are governed by the spiritual law and that these laws must be observed by both creator and created. More importantly, it reminds us of the primacy of spiritual law over physical law. He also writes, the physical law is secondary and subordinate to the primacy of the spiritual law. We begin our existence as ideas in divine mind. Those ideas are expressed and developed and brought to fruition, and the expression of that is the most important part of the soul's growth. So the next time you feel tempted to simply power through a problem with brute strength, remember that your spiritual and mental strength is way more powerful. Applied correctly and in concert with your spiritual powers, It will not only get you further down the road towards the realization of your goals, but will most likely will do so with the feeling of empowerment, not to mention a whole lot less fuss. You see, we each have to embrace our own individual hero's journey. According to narrative mythology, the monomyth, or a hero's journey. It's an archetypal story pattern that appears in drama, religious ritual, and psychological development. It describes the typical adventure of the archetype known as the hero or heroine. A person who goes out and achieves great deeds on behalf of a tribe, a civilization, or their own personal development. From Siddhartha Gautama, journey to becoming the Buddha and Moses' 40-year sojourn to the Promised Land, to Arjuna's battle royale in the Bhagavad Gita. This archetype has been embedded in the collective human consciousness for millennia. Now the 12 stages of the hero's journey is as follows. The first stage is the ordinary world. The hero is surrounded by loved ones and the familiar comforts of home, but somehow feels uneasy, uncomfortable, or unaware due to an internal conflict, realization or desire for something more. Dissatisfaction with the status quo leaves the protagonist no choice but to consider how to create a new, better life. 
The next stage is the call to adventure. The hero is forced to face the beginning of change, either due to new external pressures or something rising deep from within. He or she is called to step away from the known world of familiar discomfort into an unknown, adventure-filled, with new opportunities and challenges that beckon. The next stage is refusing the call. In this stage, the hero again feels the pull of familiar, ordinary world comforts and resists taking the emotional or physical risk required for embracing the adventure. Her fear or his fear of danger or failure or that of someone close to them creates hesitation for the next essential step. Meeting with the mentor. At some point during the journey, a guide or a teacher will help the hero to be, gather the necessary courage and tools, find the right path, or pass the test required to begin and successfully complete their mission. For many, this can be the moment of meeting a guru, a spiritual teacher, or a particular faith as an aid to personal empowerment initiation. Here the potential hero crosses the threshold from the known world into a new, unfamiliar, and mystical world, often filled with supernatural elements and different rules. The initiation launches him or her on their spiritual quest. This is the point at which there is no turning back. Without admission, that he or she will never be a hero. Test allies and enemies. On all important quests, there are obstacles to overcome and challenges to meet. Along the way, the hero will find allies to assist him in moving toward his goal. There will also be enemies seeking to obstruct the path. Enemies may be people, places, aspects of nature, or metaphysically, a part of the hero's psyche or shadow. The approach to the innermost cave, this is the turning point, the moment in which the hero seems to realize completely what must be done and to accept all accompanied risk, including the possibility of failure. In some stories, failure means death. The hero-to-be is operating with full awareness of the consequences of failure. The next stage is the ordeal. This is the climax or peak experience in the hero's journey, where death itself must be confronted or one's greatest fear. Here, the hero-to-be faces the moment of truth. Will he or she ultimately prevail in the struggle against the enemy? Either way, the battle is inevitable. Then comes the reward. Out of the moment of death comes new life, and the payoff for the hero's struggle may be as simple as mortal survival. It could also involve fantastic riches or symbolic prizes that make the difficult journey worthwhile. The reward may be personal growth, self-knowledge, 
or reconciliation of conflicting parts of the hero's psyche. Then you have the road back. Here, he or she returns back to the ordinary world, charts their way back. This can be a difficult journey in itself with additional risk. Some will be able to negotiate the road back and some will not. The hunter bringing the kill back to the village may be set upon by wolves who steal the hard-won prey. Without successfully passing this stage, the quest ends in failure. The adventurer never becomes a hero. And then you have resurrection. After successfully making the road back, this person is now a hero. He or she has been transformed by the experience of the quest into a new and better person. And finally, return with the elixir. The hero returns home to the ordinary world and shares with those who stayed behind the prize one on the adventure. The elixir shared can be abstract, such as love, or it can be concrete, such as something your tribe needs in order to survive or prosper. In journeys of personal growth and spiritual development, the elixir can be a certain level of self-realization or a greater understanding about life itself. The hero's journey is summarized into 12 steps, which comprise three essential stages. First, the hero is forced to leave a familiar world behind to go on a life-changing adventure. Second, he or she is confronted with an initiation of sorts, which involves a series of crises that test their inner resolve. And through crisis, the hero or heroine develops the qualities ultimately needed to surmount life's challenges. Finally, transformed by the experience, the hero or heroine returns home to share the spoils of victory with those left behind. Overstand. Wherever we find ourselves on our personal adventure, the hero's journey teaches that we are exactly where we're supposed to be with all we need to take the next step. The law of challenge, it's your responsibility to discern in Yeshua's name. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the go and gnosis, blessings and grace. This is a medley. Ooh, it's clear angel again. Ooh, I just a real reggae music. Ooh, it's clear angel again. Every day is war. Every day, every day, watching them fighting, looting.
How we know you know them? Dirty living, dirty living. Them now go cross the border, call them out full of sin, yo. Dirty living, dirty living. Them a watch we and a chat we and a do the same thing, yeah. Dirty living, dirty living. Them now go cross the border, call them out full of sin, yo. Dirty living, dirty living. Dirty living, dirty living. Them not live good, them not live right. Every day them get up and a chat and my bite Once him be dead, no one see we have life Instead of live up and rise with the sunlight Them rather seek war, them rather broke fight And the truth not even in a them sight Dirty living mean bad mind, it mean grudgeful It mean you mean and you're awful Dirty living, dirty living Them now go cross the border, call them heart full of sin Dirty living, dirty living Them a watch we and a chat we and a do the same thing, yo. Dirty living, dirty living, yo. Them now go cross the border, call them hot full of sin, yo. Dirty living, dirty living, dirty living, dirty living. Try to watch the people you walk with, talk with, what you do. Try to understand that sometimes they are just not good for you. They will stab you in your back. And that's a fact, know your company Try to watch the people you walk with and talk with and watch you do Stand firm, don't let nobody hold you down The enemies, they all surround Taking a bite of your flesh as they tell you you are the best They're my liar, so we are gonna burn them down Don't let them take you for the clown Be ahead of your game with truths and rights We are put them to shame The closest to you could be your enemy Real friends are better than pocket money Yeah, the season knows it all Even when you're back against the wall Try to watch the people you walk with and talk with what you do Try to understand that sometimes they're just not good for you Know your company Try to watch the people you walk with and talk with and watch you do Yes, sight, inside enough for us to grab it fast and hence regain our 
Blessings and grace. And I'm back with the Go and Gnosis, your news infused with consciousness. Starting off on usnews.com, Danny Glover to testify at House Slavery Reparations Hearing. Actor Danny Glover and writer Ta-Nehisi Coates to testify before House Subcommittee as topic of slavery reparations heads to Capitol Hill for its first hearing in more than a decade. The topic of reparations for slavery is headed to Capitol Hill for its first hearing in more than a decade with writer Ta-Nehisi Coates and actor Danny Glover set to testify before a House panel. The House Judiciary Subcommittee on the Constitution, Civil Rights, and Civil Liberties is scheduled to hold the hearing next Wednesday. Its stated purpose to examine through open and constructive discourse the legacy of the transatlantic slave trade, its continuing impact on the community, and the path to restorative justice. The date of the hearing is June 19th, coincides with Juneteenth, a cultural holiday commemorating the emancipation of enslaved black people in America. Former Democratic Representative John Connors of Michigan, the longtime sponsor of House Resolution 40, first proposed the measure calling for a study of reparations in 1989. Conyers reintroduced the bill every session until his resignation in 2017. Texas Democratic Representative Sheila Jackson Lee, the resolution's new sponsor, introduced it earlier this year and pushed for next week's hearing. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said in February that she supports a reparations study, a topic that hasn't been the subject of a House hearing since 2007. Reparations had been a fringe issue and occasional punchline until Coates' 2014 essay in The Atlantic, The Case for Reparations, thrust the topic back into the national discourse. Glover, an activist as well as the star of the Lethal Weapon movies and the classics The Color Purple and A Rage in Harlem, has spoken in favor of the issue for years. In an interview with Coates, as he prepared to leave office, President Barack Obama questioned the implementation of reparations, but not the concept. And in a conversation Coates had earlier this year with Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Democrat of New York, the popular progressive endorsed reparations. The reparations debate became part of the 2020 presidential race early, as several Democratic presidential primary candidates signaled their support for compensating the descendants of slaves though not in the traditional sense of direct payouts to black Americans. Most have been vague or more specific ideas, but they have instead offered policies addressing economic inequality that could disproportionately benefit black people. Moving forward on the WashingtonPost.com, Park Police detained an on-duty Secret Service agent. He says it was because he was black. It was still dark when Secret Service agent Nathaniel Hicks heard a tap on his passenger side window early on July 11, 2015, and turned to find a police officer pointing a gun at him. Hicks was on duty, parked in his Chevy Impala 
on the shoulder of the Baltimore-Washington Parkway, waiting to join a motorcade for the then Homeland Security Secretary, Jay Johnson. His gun was resting in the passenger seat. His badge was in his pocket. Hicks said he threw up his hands. I said, whoa, whoa, I'm a Secret Service special agent. Hicks, who was African-American and now retired, said in a deposition for a federal lawsuit he filed against the two United States Park police officers who detained him. Hicks says the ordeal should have ended there. Instead, Park police officers Gerald L. Ferreira and Brian Phillips detained him for an hour, causing him to miss Johnson's motorcade. They eventually released Hicks, only to pull him over again for using his cell phone while driving, which is not against the law for police. Hicks argues the real reason he was targeted was because he is black. Now a judge has ruled this week that a jury will be left to decide. On Monday, United States District Judge Paul W. Grimm of Maryland found the actions of Ferreira and Phillips may have violated Hicks' Fourth Amendment protection against unreasonable seizures. Grimm ruled that the officers are not entitled to qualified immunity, which protects police as long as their actions are reasonably within the law. Because they didn't show probable cause to continue detaining Hicks, I said, sir, you had just had me detained for the last hour or so, Hicks recalled in his deposition. Why are you pulling me over again? Hicks tried to explain that he had orders to contact his supervisor as soon as the police let him go. Phillips responded to me by saying, now you're mouthing off again. Now you're mouthing off again. Grimm threw out an additional claim by Hicks that the officers had conspired to violate his civil rights as a refuge for Hicks' apparent involvement in Ferreira's 2009 arrest, or because of an ongoing tension between the Park Police and the Secret Service. Attorneys describe an alleged turf war between the agencies and court documents apparently related to the petty beef between the agencies that Ferreira described in his deposition. Grimm found that there was not enough evidence showing that his petty beef would lead Ferreira and Phillips to conspire against Hicks. Ferreira's explanation for why petty beef exists between the Secret Service and the Park Police was marked confidential and not accessible by the Washington Post. A spokesman for the United States Park Police did not respond to questions about this alleged beef or about Ferreira's disciplinary records, but he confirmed that both men are still Park Police officers. No trial date has been set yet. Moving forward onto usnews.com, New York ends religious exemption to vaccine mandates. New York has eliminated a religious exemption to vaccine requirements for school children. New York eliminated the religious exemption to vaccine requirements for school children Thursday, as the nation's worst measles outbreak in decades prompts states to reconsider giving parents ways to opt out of immunization rules. The Democratic-led Senate and Assembly voted Thursday to repeal the exemption, which allows parents to cite religious beliefs to forego getting their child the vaccines required for school enrollment. Governor Andrew Cuomo, a Democrat, signed the measure minutes after the final vote. The law takes effect immediately, but will give unvaccinated students up to 30 days 
after they enter a school to show that they've had their first dose of each required immunization. With New York's move, similar exemptions are still allowed in 45 states, though lawmakers in several of them have introduced their own legislation to eliminate the waiver. The issue is hotly contested and debate around it has it often been emotional, pitting cries that religious freedom is being curtailed against warnings that the public health is being endangered. After the vote in the assembly, many of those watching from the gallery erupted in cries of shame. One woman yelled obscenities down to the lawmakers below. The debate has only intensified with this year's measles outbreak, which federal officials recently said has surpassed 1,000 illnesses, the highest in 27 years. I'm not aware of anything in the Torah, the Bible, the Quran, or anything else that suggests you should not get vaccinated, said Bronx Democrat Jeffrey Dinowitz, the bill's assembly sponsor. If you choose to not vaccinate your child, therefore potentially endangering other children, then you're the one choosing not to send your children to school. Hundreds of parents of unvaccinated children gathered at New York's Capitol for the vote to protest. Stan Young, a Long Island attorney and father, said his Russian Orthodox religious views and health concerns about vaccines will prevent him from vaccinating his three young children. His family, he said, may consider leaving the state. People came to this country to get away from exactly this kind of stuff, Young said, ahead of Thursday's votes. Supporters also suggest some parents may be claiming the religious exemption for their children even though their opposition is actually based on scientifically discredited claims about the dangers of vaccines. The bill would not change an existing state exemption given to children who cannot have vaccines for medical reasons, such as a weakened immune system. Cuomo told reporters on Wednesday that he believes public health and the need to protect those who cannot get vaccinated because of medical reasons outweighs the concerns about religious freedom. I understand freedom of religion, he said. I have heard the anti-vaxxers theory, but I believe both are overwhelmed by the public health risk. California removed personal belief vaccination exemptions for children in both public and private schools in 2015 after a measles outbreak at Disneyland sickened 147 people and spread across the United States and into Canada. Maine ended its religious exemption earlier this year. Mississippi and West Virginia also do not allow religious exemptions. Moving forward onto BBC.com, hundreds of thousands of people are protesting in Hong Kong against a controversial extradition bill, despite the bill having been suspended. The densely packed crowds are demanding that the bill, which would allow extradition from Hong Kong to mainland China, be completely scrapped. Hong Kong was a British colony from 1841 when China ceded the island to the British after the First Opium War, which had erupted over British traders smuggling opium into China. It remained a colony until sovereignty was returned to China in 1997. It's now part of a China under one country, two systems principle, which ensures that it keeps its own judicial independence, its own legislator, and economic system. It is what China calls a special administrative region, enjoying a great deal of autonomy that has made it a key business and media hub in the region. 
but it remains subject to pressure from mainland China, and Beijing remains responsible for defense and foreign affairs. Moving forward to Spiegel.de. China's expanding media dominance in Africa. Chinese state television is gaining influence in Africa, but while the media outlets involved officially claim their journalism is independent, those who work for the companies tell a different story. Liao Liang's mission in the Kenyan capital is hardly confidential. As a senior editor of the China Global Television Network, CGTN, a subsidiary of Chinese state television, his task is that of shining a positive light on his country's ambitious activities, particularly those in Africa where China's reputation has suffered as its footprint has grown. The broadcaster occupies three floors in the K-Rep Center, a mirrored glass high-rise in the upscale neighborhood of Kilimani. At the last three China-Africa summits, loans, grants, and project funding worth $140 billion were promised by Beijing, but nobody knows how much of that actually arrived in the countries expecting the funding. What is clear, though, is that some countries are beginning to struggle under the debt load. One example is Kenya, which built an ultra-modern train line from Nairobi to Mombasa with Chinese assistance and is now heavily indebted. I would be fired immediately if I were to report such a thing, says James M. It wouldn't be a first. In September, the journalist Azad Essa reported on China's oppression of the Uyghurs, a Muslim minority in China, and was fired afterwards. His employer, Independent Media, is the second largest media outlet in South Africa. And since 2013, a Chinese investor has held a 20% stake. And some Chinese companies that have established themselves in Nairobi, the atmosphere is even more poisoned than at CGTN. Last year, a Chinese motorcycle dealer compared Kenyans to monkeys with one of his employees, a 26-year-old named Richard Ochiang, recording a video of the moment, the story made it all the way to the front page of the New York Times and triggered a storm of indignation in Kenya, in part because it was such a clear example of the prejudices that many Chinese harbor towards Africans. The motorcycle dealer was forced to leave the country, and Ochiang found a new job elsewhere. Moving forward to the WashingtonExaminer.com. ICE to begin removing millions of illegal aliens next week. President Trump said Monday on Twitter that Immigration and Customs Enforcement will begin deporting millions of illegal migrants next week. The next week, ICE will begin the process of removing the millions of illegal aliens who have illicitly found their way into the United States. They will be removed as fast as they come. Mexico, using their strong immigration laws, is doing a very good job of stopping people, the president tweeted. The president did not offer specifics on what his claim entails. The news comes the same day as the State Department announced it would be cutting foreign aid to El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras for failing to take proper steps to curb illegal migrants from coming to the United States. Moving forward to PewResearch.org, world's population is projected to nearly stop growing by the end of the century. For the first time in modern history, the world's population 
is expected to virtually stop growing by the end of this century, due in large part to falling global fertility rates, according to a Pew Research Center analysis of the new data from the United Nations. By 2100, the world's population is projected to reach approximately 10.9 billion, with annual growth of less than 1%, a steep decline from current levels. Between 1950 and today, the world's population grew between 1% and 2% each year, with the number of people rising from 2.5 billion to more than 7.7 billion. The global fertility rate is expected to be 1.9 births per women by 2100, down from 2.5 today. The world's median age is expected to increase to 42 in 2100, up from the current 31 and from 24 in 1950. Africa is the only world region projected to have strong population growth for the rest of this century. By 2100, Africa's population is projected to be second only to Asia's. Europe and Latin America are both expected to have declining populations by 2100. The population of Asia is expected to increase from 4.6 billion in 2020 to 5.3 billion in 2055, then start to decline. In the North American region, migration from the rest of the world is expected to be the primary driver of continued population growth. Six countries are projected to account for more than half of the world's population growth through the end of this century, and five are in Africa. India is projected to surpass China as the world's most populous country by 2027. Between 2020 and 2100, 90 countries are expected to lose populations. Africa is projected to overtake Asia in births by 2060. The Latin America and Caribbean region is expected to have the oldest population of any region by 2100 and a reversal from the 20th century. This is very interesting research ones. We're going to take a music moment and come back with technology, blessings, and grace. Straight to the top. Hey, yo. Top of the Yo, yo, me a soldier in the street. Nothing less. Yo, me come winning. I am me pocketing in your best. See the people are hungry in the street. They must listen. But nevertheless, what's Babylon? Them shut down. Me a soldier in the street. Nothing less. Yo, me come winning. I am me pocketing in your best. See the people are hungry in the street. They must listen. But nevertheless, what's Babylon? Them shut down. See the people in the corner, see them dying and them cracking out Every day another baby's in a shootout Mama crying, you know she know she not gonna get him back yeah. Another life gone, tell me where we going 
So put down the gun, them hold it down. Stop poisoning our children, don't stand around. So look to the future where we go now. Don't need some soldiers so someone can hold Yo, me a soldier in the street and nothing less. Yo, me come winning, uh uh, me pocketing in your best. See the people are hungry in the street, they must listen. But nevertheless, what's Babylon, them shut down. Yo, me a soldier in the street and nothing less. Yo, me come winning, uh uh, me pocketing in your best. See the people are hungry in the street, they must listen. But nevertheless, what's yeah. Babylon, them shut down. I see what them try befriending me. See them at the enemy. Not the stepping on my face, the shackling at the legacy. Watch the gun, them boss, I see a creep around your town. You never around, I see you missing, never found. People are hungry in the streets right now. People them struggling at the streets around town. Tell me your soul, you watch the face, them shut down. Don't never give up, your happy still locked down. Yo, me a soldier in the street and nothing less Yo, me come winning, uh-uh, me pocketing in a your best See the people are hungry in the street, them muscling But nevertheless, what's Babylon, them shut down Yo, me a soldier in the street and nothing less Yo, me come winning, uh-uh, me pocketing in a your best See the people are hungry in the street, them muscling But nevertheless, what's Babylon, them shut down This is for my soldiers My soldiers, my soldiers Head to Yo, come again. Yo, me a soldier in the street, and nothing less. Yo, me come with an army pocketing in a your best. See the people that hungry in the street, the muscle in. But nevertheless, what's Babylon them shut down? Yo, me a soldier in the street, and nothing less. Yo, me come with an army pocketing in a your best. See the people that hungry in the street, the muscle in. But nevertheless, what's Babylon them shut down? Yo, me a soldier in the street, and nothing less. Yo, me come with an army pocketing in a your best. See the people that hungry in the street, the muscle in. But nevertheless, what's Babylon them shut down? Yo, me a soldier in the street, and nothing less. Yo, me come with an army pocketing in a your best. See the people that hungry in the street, the muscle in. But nevertheless. What's Babylon them shut down? Me a soldier in the street and nothing less. Yo me come winning, ah ah, me pocketing in a your best. See the people are hungry in the street, them muscling. But nevertheless, what's Babylon them shut down? Just because the seasoning and flow's already active huh. 
24 years, fantastic, young veteran, new classic. Nah, knock the walls off, fuck the whole key, we gon' hinge the whole door off. I'm still AD, never forget it. It's life after death, roll the credits. Credit my mega, take a trip to see Jamaica. Molly spirit with the vapor back design. That's the nature. Africa, the new America. I hope I run this permanent. And this I put my pen in it. Got my land and my permit with it. Bone on my bone, flesh off my flesh. Weightness in me, you can't make me feel less. Less hold, I'm not impressed. Best mode, got my afro like an impress. Wait state I'm in, in all states I'm in. I might find a form in my melanin. Wait state I'm in, in all states I'm in. I might find a form. My melanin, wait state I'm in, in all states I'm in, I might find a form in my melanin, wait state I'm in, in all states I'm in, I might find a form in my melanin.
Blessings and grace, and I'm back with technology, starting off on foxnews.com. Mom uses GPS to locate daughter, age 17, trapped underneath a car, 25 feet down a mountainside. A North Carolina mom used a phone tracking app to find her missing teenage daughter who had been pinned underneath her car. For more than seven hours, after careening, 25 feet down the side of a mountain. Katrina Kramer Alexander of Mount Airy, North Carolina, said she resorted to the Find My Friends app after her 17-year-old daughter, Macy Smith, missed curfew and did not respond to texts or calls from her mother or brother. The lack of response was out of character for her, Alexander told Greensboro WFMY-TV. She hopped in her car to investigate after the GPS tracking showed that her daughter had been in the same location for far too long. I can't explain watching the GPS on my phone with my dot for my phone getting close to hers and then suddenly seeing the tire tracks, the mother explained. Alexander found her daughter pinned underneath her car down a 25-foot embankment in Pilot Mountain. Paramedics arrived to rush Smith to the hospital. The 17-year-old said she fractured her neck and had undergone surgery to relieve pressure and swelling. She also suffered severe nerve damage in her left arm, which had been pinned underneath her car. The teen said she couldn't reach her phone when she was trapped, but she was able to grab her Bible. I held on to my Bible and prayed harder than I had ever prayed before, Smith said. I don't deserve to be here right now but God has bigger plans for me. Both the mother and teen said they hope this story encourages other parents and children to take advantage of the Find My Friends and similar tracking app Life360 to help keep each other safe. Moving forward on to Axios.com, House Democrats ask Department of Homeland Security to address use of facial recognition on United States citizens. 23 House Democrats have signed a letter to acting Homeland Secretary Kevin McAleenan expressing concern over reports of facial recognition systems being used on American citizens. The big picture, regulating facial recognition software has bipartisan support. Republicans and Democrats are worried about potential abuse of power by law enforcement and have suggested implementing federal laws to retrain the technology. Others are concerned it could be used as a tool for authoritative surveillance, as in China and other states. What's happening? In their letter, Democratic lawmakers cited reports that United States Customs and Border Protection are using facial recognition tech at airports to scan American citizens under the Biometric Exit Program, which expressly limits the collection of biometric data to foreign nationals. It remains unclear under which authority CBP is carrying out this program on Americans, they write, citing reports that the agency has partnered with TSA and commercial airlines to monitor citizens. CBP claims it does not require United States citizens or exempt aliens to have their picture taken on entry to the country, and it does not require any traveler to have their photos taken when exiting the United States through the biometric exit program. House Democrats questioned this claim, arguing that the random nature of this pilot program 
does not allow travelers the requisite advance notice to make an informed decision on their willingness to participate. Where it stands is that CBP employs the biometric exit process in 17 locations, an agency spokesperson told Axios. CBP has biometrically processed more than 19 million travelers using facial recognition across air entry, air exit, and pre-clearance locations with a match rate of more than 97% as of May 14th. The spokesperson said, The other problem, last week, CBP said images of travelers collected through the agency's growing facial recognition program were compromised in a malicious cyber attack, the Washington Post reports. According to CBP initial reports, fewer than 100,000 people were affected and the stolen information only included photographs. CBP says it discards all photos of United States citizens within 12 hours of identity verification. Photographs compromised in the malicious cyber attack were of people in vehicles entering and exiting the United States over a month and a half through an unnamed border entry port, the Post reports. The Hill reported that a CBP spokeswoman confirmed the agency had received the House Democrats' letter. Moving forward onto the newsobserver.com, opioid epidemic hurts United States businesses and leads to job automation. UNC study says the nation's opioid epidemic triggered a drop in the number of people able to work, hurting companies' ability to grow, and leading to an increased investment in technologies to replace those workers. A new study from UNC Chapel Hill's Keenan Flagler Business School found. The study, which hasn't been published in an academic journal yet, says opioids effectively make labor costlier in some communities by shrinking the number of applicants available for jobs. That negatively affects company growth in areas heavily impacted by opioid addiction. The study shows that in areas with high levels of opioid use, companies have made more investments into technology and automation, which can cause permanent negative effects on local labor markets. The effects were most significant in states with higher level of opioid prescriptions, of which North Carolina was one. In areas that had high levels of addiction, the study found negative and significant relationship between opioids and the growth of companies there. In contrast, in states where levels of addiction were lower, the study didn't find a significant relationship between opioids and firm growth. The UNC study measured the relationship between opioid prescriptions and company growth by looking at sales and employment using a proprietary CompuStat sample of publicly traded firms and other data covering public and private companies. In states that have passed laws and regulations around the dissemination of opioids, the study found a link between the passage of laws and stock price increases for the public companies based there. The substitution away from labor to capital has implementations for communities, said Elena Sitzmitzi, an assistant professor of finance at Kenning Flagler and co-author of the study. Blue-collar workers who are middle-aged are more likely to get addicted, and these are the types of jobs that get subbed away with technology that has a lasting effect on the community. She added that many of these employees will then need to be trained 
retrained, or take jobs in the service economy, which often pays less than traditional manufacturing. Moving forward to Bloomberg.com, Facebook wants its cryptocurrency to one day rival the greenback. Social media giant says Libra will be better than Bitcoin, but the company is late to the party and other payment initiatives have stumbled. Facebook Inc. unveiled plans for a new global financial system with a broad group of partners from Visa Inc. to Uber Technologies Inc. On board to create a cryptocurrency it expects will one day trade much like the United States dollar and inject a new source of revenue. Called Libra, the new currency will launch as soon as next year and be what's known as a stablecoin, a digital currency that's supported by established government-backed currencies and securities. The goal is to avoid massive fluctuations in value. So Libra can be used for everyday transactions across Facebook in a way that more volatile cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin haven't been. The project is the culmination of a year-long effort as Facebook seeks to spur growth on its various platforms that already count more than 2 billion users. But it will also likely face skepticism from regulators who already think Facebook has too much power and plays loose with digital privacy, and from those that are dubious of cryptocurrencies, which are known more for speculative investments and black market commerce than for legitimate financial transactions. One way Facebook hopes to appease regulators is through the Libra Association, a governing body tasked with making decisions about Libra. Firms including Visa and PayPal Holdings, Inc. are a part of the group. Marcus described these members as co-founders and said they will have an equal say in how the cryptocurrency is managed. Facebook will not have any special privilege or special voting rights at the association level, said Marcus, the former president of PayPal. We will have competitors and other players on top of this platform that will build competing wallets and services. All Libra Association members are putting a minimum of $10 million into a reserve to help support the cryptocurrency's value. This buy-in comes with voting privileges, However, the association's governance structure is still in flux, and most of the group's crucial decisions, including the creation of its charter, have not yet been decided. According to several members of the group, they have asked not to be identified, discussing private details. Libra's timing could also pose challenges. Facebook is being investigated by the Federal Trade Commission over the company's privacy practices. Some have called for the company to be broken up including Senator Elizabeth Warren and Facebook co-founder Chris Hughes, asking consumers to put more trust in the social media giant and giving Facebook a strong entry into the world of digital payments and banking will likely draw further criticism. The company plans to keep financial data gathered from Libra users separate from Facebook user data. That's why Facebook's digital wallet will exist under the Calibra subsidiary, which will house user transaction data on separate servers, Marcus said. If a WhatsApp user uses her Calibra wallet to send money to a friend or pay a retailer, those interactions won't be stored alongside her social media profile. There's a clear distinction between Calibra and what Calibra has access to and what Facebook Inc. has access to, Marcus said. It's very clear that people don't want their financial data 
from an account to be co-mingled with social data or to be used for other purposes. Moving forward to the WashingtonPost.com, mask, cash, and apps. How Hong Kong's protesters find ways to outwit the surveillance state. The moment the 25-year-old protester got home from demonstrations that turned violent, tear gas still stinging her eyes, she knew what she had to do. Delete all of her Chinese phone apps. WeChat was gone, so was Alipay and the shopping at Taibo. She then installed a virtual private network on her smartphone to use with the secure messaging app Telegram. In an attempt to stay hidden from cyber monitors, I'm just doing anything to stay ahead of police surveillance and hide her identity, said the protester. She asked to be referred only by her first name, Alexa, to avoid drawing the attention of authorities amidst the most serious groundswell against Chinese-directed rule in Hong Kong since 2014. Protests that have expanded over the past week against a bill allowing extraditions to China were marked by something unprecedented, a coordinated effort by demonstrators to leave no trace for authorities and their enhanced tracking systems. Protesters used only secure digital messaging apps, such as Telegram, and otherwise went completely analog in their movements, buying single-ride subway tickets instead of prepaid store-valued cards, foregoing credit cards and mobile payments in favor of cash, and taking no selfies or photos of the chaos. They wore face masks to obscure themselves from CCTV, fearing facial recognition software, and bought fresh pay-as-you-go SIM cards. Unlike the pro-democracy movement in 2014, the latest demonstrations have remained intentionally leaderless in an attempt to frustrate police who have used tear gas and rubber bullets against the crowd. Alexa and other protesters interviewed by the Washington Post say they remain undeterred and will continue to show up at demonstrations. They have masks and goggles prepared, both as a shield against police tactics, such as the use of pepper spray to avoid potential facial recognition and other surveillance software. I do not think this is overly cautious. If we read books by George Orwell and we read histories about communist parties, of course this is not overly cautious, said Leung. If I was not some sort of leader or coordinator of the Civil Human Rights Front, I may wear a face mask as well, she added. I can totally understand why people would want to hide their identities. Moving forward onto Deadline.com, Comcast launches eye control for the TV, an aid for physically disabled viewers. Comcast has launched a feature enabling viewers with physical disabilities like spinal cord injuries, or ALS, the ability to navigate their television using only their eyes. Xfinity X1 Eye Control is a web-based remote for tablets and computers that peers with existing eye gaze system and allows viewers with a single glance to change the channel, access the DVR, or search for programs. The free service addresses a sizable population of TV viewers. According to Comcast, more than 48 million people in the United States have physical or mobility disabilities, and every day about 15 people are newly diagnosed with ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease. 
X1 Eye Control uses a web page remote control that works seamlessly with other existing eye gaze hardware and software, sip and puff switches, and other assistive technologies. After customers pair the web-based remote with their set-top box, each time they gaze at a button, the web-based remote sends the corresponding command to the television. We are pleased to see how Comcast continues to make their products and solutions accessible, said Tara Rudnicki, President, North America, Toby Dynavox, and leading provider of touch and eye tracking assistive technology, hardware and software. An assistive technology company, we want to empower our users to live independent lives. With the X1 Eye Control now enabled with eye gaze, it will come to great use for many of them. Moving forward to TechCrunch.com, MIT develops a system to give robots more human senses. Researchers at MIT's Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence Lab, CSAIL, have developed a new system that could equip robots with something we take for granted, the ability to link multiple senses. The new system created by CSAIL involves a predictive artificial intelligence that's able to learn how to see using its sense of touch and vice versa. That might sound confusing, but it's really mimicking something people do every day, which is look at a surface, object, or material and anticipate what that thing will feel like once touched, whether it'll be soft, rough, squishy, etc. The system can also take tactile, touch-based input and translate that into prediction about what it looks like. Kind of like those kids' discovery museums where you put your hands into random boxes and try to get the objects you find within. These examples probably don't help in terms of articulating why this is actually useful to build, but an example provided by CSAIL should make it more apparent. The research team used their system with the robot arm to help it anticipate. The research team used their system with a robot arm to help it anticipate where an object would be without sight of the object and then recognize it based on touch. You can imagine this being useful with the robot appendage reaching for a switch or even a part it's looking to pick up and verifying that it has the right thing and not, for example, a human operator it's working with. This type of AI could be used to help robots operate more efficiently and effectively in low-light environments without requiring advanced sensors, for instance, and as components of more general systems when used in combination with other sensory stimulation technologies. We're going to take a music moment and come back with Herbnology. Blessings and grace.
before the green consumes you. Focused on the dollar and the dream. Until the body lets down on you. You say the cat is hard to chew. So you'd rather eat your junk food. Stagnant frequency inside the temple. Now it's affecting your mental state of mind. It happens all the time. You better eat your greens, greens, greens. Asparagus, parsley, cucumber, kale, and don't forget the collard greens. You know I love my avocado I'm in love with the cocoa coconut Daylight come told me I go pick a bunch of green banana Boil it in a stew So you know I gotta add some callaloo Eat your greens Blessings and grace And I'm back with Herbnology. I'm going to be discussing the benefits of Himalayan salt lamps. Himalayan salt lamps have the ability to chemically and physically transform a room and have unique health benefits. People who use pink Himalayan salt lamps say they help to increase blood flow, reduce allergy symptoms, and even get a better sleep. Some of the other health benefits of Himalayan pink salt lamps include reduction of mental health-related disorders, improvement of skin conditions, and respiratory problems, such as asthma and even colds. To understand why they're so beneficial to your health, I need to briefly tell you about positive and negative ions and how they affect the way you feel. Have you ever noticed how mentally and physically refreshed you feel after sitting by a waterfall or how you experience a burst in energy after spending some time in an untamed seafront. What makes you feel so good in spots of this kind is the abundance of negative ions, which gets produced in some natural places. Now, there's a way to mimic these perfect circumstances in your own home and indoor places where you spend a lot of time. Nature produces negative ions to combat air pollution, They attract the harmful particles, which are positively charged, and they balance and neutralize them so that they lose their damaging characteristics. In order to breathe in fresh and pure air and protect our health, we want to be surrounded by negative ions. Negative ions stimulate the flow of oxygen to your brain, and in this way, increase your mental alertness and energy. We are surrounded by positive and negative ions. These are the atoms or molecules that have lost or gained an electron and are electrically charged. Positive ions are created by electronic devices and have been dubbed electronic smog or electronic air pollution. As we all know, we are increasingly surrounded by all sorts of computers, large screen TVs, telephones, 
microwaves, and other appliances we now deem necessary for our survival and entertainment. Although only a decade ago we did perfectly well without most of these. Studies have shown that your brain gets bombarded by frequencies 20 times higher than its optimal frequency, which results in all sorts of problems, including insomnia, nervousness, and allergies. The World Health Organization calls the electronic smog one of the most and fastest growing environmental influences and states that concerns about the health effects should be taken seriously. In short, these positive ions are very harmful to us and need to be neutralized. Himalayan salt lamps emit negative ions. The bulb inside of the lamp heats the crystal and supports the ionizing effect. Specifically speaking, the Himalayan salt lamp achieves the following things. It ionizes the room. It balances artificial frequencies and unnatural electromagnetic wavelengths that originate from electronic appliances. It produces the light waves of the rainbow spectrum, which protect your body. People using salt lamps report improvement in their physical and mental well-being soon after starting to light them. They are said to help with respiratory problems, including colds, allergies, skin conditions, mental and stress-related disorders, including insomnia, headaches, and migraines, rheumatism, blood system disorders. Due to their common colors, different shades of orange and pink, the rock lamps have also been used in color therapy to help treat neurotic disorders and sleeplessness. Don't expect massive improvements if you tuck away a single rock lamp in a far corner of your house where no one ever goes. These lamps have a limited range. You will achieve best results if you place them somewhere where you and your family spend a lot of time or where there are a lot of electronic appliances. Where do you spend the most time? Where do you have a lot of electronic smog from computers, TVs, mobile phones, etc.? Where would you like to enjoy the lamp's relaxing effects? Then place your salt lamps in these areas. Another way to improve the quality of air in your house is by frequently airing the place out so that air can circulate. In winter months or when there are high levels of air pollution, it might be difficult to leave the windows open and sufficiently air out all rooms. That is when the salt lamps can be particularly useful and can help cleanse the air and remove the stubborn winter bugs. There are a lot of fake and cheaper versions on the market that don't use Himalayan salt. You should check the origin of the lamp you are purchasing. The real lamp is made from pure, food-grade Himalayan salt. Substitutes from rock salt will not provide you with the same benefits. Remember to always look to the Most High first for your healing needs. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the metaphysics of the moment. Blessings and grace.
everybody. Bass players. Drummers. Piano players. Trumpet players. Everybody. Thank <laughs> you. 
It is time you open up that metaphysical grave that had been dug for you, the part of you, the spark that lays buried. That is what's going to open you up. That's what's going to give you the ability to escape. Escape your metaphysical mind. Blessings and grace and welcome to the metaphysics of the moment. I'll be starting off with the word watchman. A spiritually developed person who sees within and without and with the word of command challenges anything negative. And temptation, approving, testing, or trying. The temptations of the wilderness, Matthew 4, 1-11, represents the desires and ambitions of the untried and untrained forces in the subconsciousness. When the wilderness, Yeshua was tempted by the adversary or personality, but with his superior understanding, he withstood the deceptive promises made to him. When the personality suggested that Yeshua make matter out of substance, use his power to rule over others, or do other marvelous things to prove his mastery, He said to the satanic personality, Get thee hence, Satan. That the temptations in the wilderness were not physical is quite evident because there was no mountain from which all the kingdoms of the earth could be seen, nor was there a temple in the wilderness to which the adversary could have taken Yeshua. All these and many more including the royal entry of Yeshua into Jerusalem, riding on an ass, are allegorical representations of the way in which certain states of mind are handled by the initiate. And Bitzah is Hebrew for weak person, sexually incapable of reproduction, a eunuch, one of the seven chamberlains who ministered to King Ahasuerus of Medea, and Persia, in Esther 1.10, metaphysically, Bitzta, in consciousness a eunuch, represents a thought from which the capacity to increase life and its forms has been eliminated. King Ahasuerus represents the will dominated by ambition and puffed up by its conquest. Bitzta is a thought void of vital strength and power that served the puffed-up will, and because of its weakening character, helps to bring about the downfall of the will. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before the fall. Proverbs 16.18 The personal of itself has no power to give or to sustain life and wholeness, only that which is founded in spirit and acknowledges the Most High as the one power, will stand the test. And divine is godlike, godly, the nature of God. The ideal divine is the Christ man, the divine idea of man, and divine law, the logical process by which principle or the most high manifests. Divine mind, God mind, ever-present, all-knowing mind, the absolute the unlimited, omnipresent, all-wise, all-loving, 
all-powerful spirit. There is but one mind, and that mind cannot be separated or divided. Because like the principles of mathematics, it is indivisible. All that we can say of the one mind is that it is absolute, and that all its manifestations are in essence like itself. Divine mind, the creative power of the divine mind, the functioning of the principles of being, spirit in action, mind is not a thing. Mind is. It is that which through orderly processes produces things. Divine mind first conceives the idea, then images its fulfillment. Man acting in cooperation with divine mind places himself under the same creative law and thus brings his ideas into manifestation. And tomb, tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. A tomb is a resting place. Arimathea represents an aggregation of thoughts, of lofty character, a high state of consciousness in man. Joseph represents a state of consciousness in which we are improving spiritually. The tomb where Yeshua was laid to rest represents an elevated, peaceful state of consciousness in which he rested the three days previous to his resurrection. The word of truth within Yeshua did not die, but was quietly spreading from point to point during this period, getting ready for the supreme test, the overcoming of the appearance of death. For us, the tomb represents a high state of consciousness in us, which we improve in character along all lines. We not only grow into a broader understanding but also we increase in vitality and demonstrations to follow. In this state of consciousness, the word of truth is not idle, but quietly spreading. This process continues until the whole consciousness is vitalized by the Holy Spirit. And Euodia, Euodia is Greek for prosperous journey, prosperous course, Good journey, fragrant, sweet-scented, a Christian woman of Philippi, in Philippians 4.2. Metaphysically, Euodia is the soul aspiring to that which is spiritual and high, to abundant good. And Lekka is Hebrew for walking, going, progressing, living in a way a course, a journey, a promenade, speeding, hurrying. Metaphysically, Lekka shows the life and unfoldment of man is often likened to a journey. Lekka, the journey of life, as it is taken by every individual. The course of each one is determined by his observing, attentive, vigilant thoughts by that to which he gives his attention. In this journey, man enters into conditions and experiences that correspond to the character of his thoughts. He becomes like that which he beholds or holds in his mind. If we wish our journey to lead quickly, speeding, hurrying, 
to the goal of perfection and of every real abiding good. We must be faithful and constant in beholding the Christ. We must dwell in mind on that which is good, pure, and true only. And Azrael is Hebrew for my help is God. God is helper, help of God, a head man of the half-tribe of Manasseh, 1 Chronicles 5.24, father of Jeremoth, a chief man over the tribe of Nephtali, 1 Chronicles 27.19, father of Sariah, one of the officers of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Jeremiah 36.26. Metaphysically, Azrael, that in us which perceives and acknowledges spiritual assistance in all the activities of life. This thought of the Most High as helper, as deliverer from mortal errors, darkness, and difficulties, as our spiritual guide in all things, as our understanding, strength, and power, brings great executive ability and wonderful success in all that is good and true. And Anaharath is Hebrew for a way of groaning, a narrow way, a gorge, a border city in the allotment of Issachar, Joshua in 1919. Anaharath, metaphysically, is a fixed place in consciousness where man feels instinctively and knows that trustworthiness, uprightness, and honesty are the passageway that leads to real success in all affairs of life. This way may seem narrow, winding, troublous, at times to the sense man, yet it is the only way that leads safely through mountains of difficulties to true peace and supply and courage. Courage metaphysically is a spiritual quality that enables one to remain poised and centered in the Most High amidst great difficulties and danger. The realization that the Almighty of the universe is a spiritual presence which is constantly striving to express in and through us fills us with new courage and a fearlessness that is beyond description. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Psalms 31:24. And tinnitus is Greek for nettle, scratch, irritate, tickle. A seaport town on the peninsula of the same name which Paul passed while on his voyage to Rome. And when we sailed slowly many days and were to come with difficulty over against Snittis, the wind not further suffering us, we sailed under the lee of Crete over against Salomon, Acts 27.7. Metaphysically, Snittis means that Paul, the word of truth, was being taken to Rome in bonds, and the voyage was very hazardous. It was beset by carnal thoughts and desires of the mind of the flesh, also by the vexed, irritated state of mind that always results from waste of substance and sense ways. This state of mind is snittus. It contends with the truth, which is seeking to establish throughout man's whole being the realization of perfection, abiding life, health, truth, and spirituality, and discernment. Spiritual discernment 
that inner spiritual faculty by which man may receive the revelations of the God mind, the faculty by which we inwardly know that which is spiritual. It indicates the ready insight into divine law that was the glory of Yeshua and to discern, to lay hold of with the understanding, especially that which is hidden or obscure, to divine, to apprehend the truth of being, to look through appearances and to behold the reality of omnipresence. To discern the Lord's body is to recognize that it is substance and life and it is formed within man and that it is, in a larger sense, made up of members in whom the Christ body has been individually formed. The law of challenge behooves us to embrace our own hero's journey because, darling, everyone's busy trying to save themselves. You've got to be your own hero in the end. We're going to take a music moment. Blessings and grace.
Blessings and grace, I'd like to thank you for joining me for another offering of Women's Wednesday. I'd like to show love to the frequency that accompanies me, the music, Jamero, Work in Progress, Seven Bomar, Inner Alchemy, Anthony Nicholson, Solitude, Free the Robots, Session Two, Awe the Seed, So Real, Nishwadada, Activation Time, F Soul, Greens, Tough Like Iron, Black Roots Rhythm, Anthony Nicholson, Welcome to the Future, Wise, Three Years Later, Sampa the Great, Final Form, Lady Shacklin, Soldier, Fabio Janito, Marinostrum, FG, Organic Mix, Latin Cafe, Power to Conquer, Claire Angel, War Medley, Andea Triana, Gold, Joy Postel, North Star, Eric Roberson, featuring Yaw and Kari Lumel, Come With Me, Avion Blackman, Yeshua, The Whitefield Brothers, featuring Bachka, Arthology, Akua Naru, featuring Sarok and Dynasty, Boom Bat Back, Nitty Scott, Generation Now, Kalissa, Wake Up. Remember that you are water. Cry, cleanse, flow. Remember that you are fire. Burn, tame, ignite. Remember that you are air. Be still, focus, decide. Remember that you are earth. Ground, build, give. Be you till full, love, so you can rise and ascend. Blessings, grace, strength, and love. We're looking at the entire template to, that exists within the universe, and we're also uh, we're doing that inside of each other. And then we discover fully that this is going on within everyone, and then as you'll see in alchemy, it teaches you that the origins of everything can be found within everything, that it has to be that way. There's a very holographic nature to the reality to where you have to have that, that, that correspondence. You couldn't even be an opposite unless you understood what the other side really was. Okay, so think about what that really means. That means that the other side has to have a full knowledge of you and you have to have a full knowledge of this other side. Then when you have beyond fool's knowledge, you'll actually have the totality of things, and then you'll be able to put yourself back together, the yin and yang, the great arcana.